Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Maddie A here. Welcome into today's episode. I'm bringing on one of my great friends and one of my mentors in the multifamily real estate space. He's one of the top syndicators in the country, and he shares a pretty cool and inspiring journey of how he went from being a W-2 paid engineer to making the leap of faith and betting on himself and building his own multifamily business, and now how he has thousands of units under ownership and management, and really just what that journey entailed. Many of you I know are either looking for passive income investment opportunities, right, or you're looking to take that leap of faith and start your own business, go from that safe and secure position of maybe having a job, right, and going out on your own. And Andrew and I covered a lot in today's episode, but before we dig in, if you're new to the show, welcome. We talk all things mindset, money, motivation on this podcast to help you on your wealth building journey to that millionaire status and beyond. Most importantly, not just to live as a millionaire and unlock being a millionaire in your bank account, but to be a millionaire and live intentionally like a millionaire does in all areas of their life. That is what I call the rich life, having rich relationships, rich income and investment strategies, rich community, rich contributions around you. And of course, without your health, mental, physical, and spiritual, right? It doesn't all matter. So with that being said, that is what we like to dig in on these shows is to dig and dive into really on the tactics and the strategy and the journey but to also hear about how, as you unlock that financial abundance, living like a millionaire in your health, in your relationships, in all areas of life is equally as important. And if you do it all at the same time, simultaneously, as you start to see that compound over life, you start to see so many amazing things get unlocked that money just can't buy you. So with that being said, you're going to get some great insights today from one of my great friends and mentors, Andrew Cushman. And before we dive in, just so you know, anything that we talk about, any links, any resources, all the freebies that we offer here on the Millionaire Mindcast, you can get those down in the show description below if you're watching this on YouTube, or just head over to millionairemindcast.com, check out the show notes, and you can see all of those. But if you are an accredited investor, you want to get on my syndication list to know what about my deals, what am I up to, how can you invest with me, you can learn more by texting the word DEALS to 844 844- 447-1555. If you want to know more about life insurance, head over to becomethebank.info. And if you want a free financial portfolio x-ray on your investment portfolio to make sure it's aligned with your goals, you can just text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Of course, I got my investor sweatshirt on. We got the cash flow sweatshirts, all kinds of cool swag for you guys. The planner at therichlifestore.com. Be sure to check that out. With that being said, I don't want to waste any further time, let's dig into today's episode with Andrew Cushman right after this quick message from today's show sponsor. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer 
and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, I'm excited to welcome into the show one of my brothers, Mr. Andrew Cushman. What is up, man? Oh, all kinds of good stuff. Good to be here, man. It's always good to hang out with you. You know, I was thinking about where we first met, and it was, what, six or seven years ago in Austria in and Germany when we went to Oktoberfest, and we did some backpacking and some canyoning and rappelling from random bridges out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that that was an epic trip. I'm uh, I'm surprised uh, you didn't uh, uh, bail me and think I was a loser or something. Because I remember the very first hike you, we, you and I did. We were there early. We had some extra time, so you and I went across the valley and just went up a random trail. And I twisted my ankle on the way back and on the way back down and ended up kind of limping down. So, but uh, you uh, you didn't leave me behind. So I'm like, all right, this guy's not too bad. I do remember that. Hey, no man left behind. Now we've. Uh... Obviously, we've been to other trips and we've been to tons of, uh, obviously, GoBundance is the, you know, the Millionaire Mastermind group that we met through. And it's been, uh, it's been a cool, cool friendship. And you've taught me a lot in terms of uh, parenting, in terms of marriage, in terms of multifamily real estate investing. I know we're going to be digging into a lot of that today. But I think one of the things that stuck out to me about you is, you know, I've kind of through and through always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I never wanted to work for somebody else. And your story, I thought, was really inspiring from the perspective of you had a really good, strong, solid job. And you could have stayed as you were, what, an engineer? Chemical engineer, yeah. Yeah. And so you were an engineer. And then, what, you got the bug? Or what kind of led you down this path that now you're one of the top multifamily syndicators in the country? I mean, right now, I just got one of your emails. You guys are, uh, what, buying a... $50 $50 million portfolio of class A multifamily in Florida. Like you're doing some really huge things, right? But you were once an engineer. So where the hell did this come from? Uh, I caught the bug when I was five. Okay. So uh, we, my grandfather had a summer house um, on Cape Cod and we'd go visit on the weekends and I'd go with him on his daily walk around the golf course and go fish all the balls out of the, uh, out of the bushes and then take them back and clean them up and then sit there with my little red wagon and sell them back to the guys who had lost them. So my, uh, my, my cost of product was zero. And I remember, you know, as a five-year-old, I'd make like $17. And that was amazing, uh, especially back then. But, you know, being five and right. 40 years, 30, 40 years ago. 
And so I really enjoyed that. And then just growing up, I was always mowing lawns, shoveling snow, raking leaves, doing all that kind of thing. And so when I was in high school trying to figure out, okay, what do I do in college? I said, well, I really want to own my own business, but I have no idea what that is. I, I don't know how to do that or what it's going to be. So I like chemistry. I like problem solving. I'll go be a chemical engineer. I'll always have a good job until I figure out my real calling. So I went and got an engineering degree and then started working for a big food company I uh, got married. My wife kind of had the same idea and mentality. And so after seven and a half years of being an engineer, I saw a Wall Street Journal article sitting on the break room table about a guy flipping houses. Picked it up, read it, said, that sounds interesting. Uh, researched a little bit more and uh, went ahead and uh, actually took the took course in how to flip. Our very first flip was 2007, right before the big crash. Uh, it was went well. We I basically when we sold it, we made as much as I did all year at my job. So I said, you know what? There's I can't think of anything better than this. So I walked in, quit the job, went into flipping full time, did that for four years, and then by you know 2009, 2010, everyone else was starting to figure it out, and we said, okay. Plus, you know, we'd flip and like, okay, we got a check, but that was it. We had a nice check. We didn't have anything residual. She said, all right, what's the next big cycle that's going to start? We're like, all right. Well, everyone's getting foreclosed on, and they uh, they can't uh, they can't they can't buy a house. That means they're going to rent. We just had a big uh, recession. That means we're probably going to be in a long expansion, which is going to be good for job creation, which is good for apartments. So yeah, we should learn how to do apartments. So went and uh, found a mentor, and then our first deal was ninety two mostly vacant units uh, on the other side of the country, out in Macon, Georgia. Don't recommend everyone do does their first deal that way. Uh, but uh, it did work out well. And um, once we close what we're under contract now with, um, we'll be at a little over 2,100 units and it's been a great business. So, Dude, a lot, lot to unpack there. You know, when you bought your first property um, and kind of like had that confidence and courage to leave the business, I think that's a, you know, an edge that a lot of people walk up to, right? But they don't necessarily jump off. What, what was, was it literally just the financial safety net that gave you permission to, you know, take that leap of faith? Was it future opportunities in the pipeline? You know, I get that question a lot of when do you really give yourself permission to do it, right? You don't want to be negligent and reckless and just being like, well, I just made the decision, so I'm going to do it. But you don't have any way of paying your bills, right? Or putting food on the table for your family. So what was your thought process knowing that you're such a calculated dude? And I know you've got two or three safety nets always baked in. What was it that gave you that permission to take the leap of faith and go into full-time entrepreneurship? Well, to start with, when I was in my boss's office leaning on his desk, my arms were shaking. Because, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, here I am quitting this well-paid, cushy job with a great boss for a great company that's eight minutes from my house. I don't even have to sit, you know, I'm not even worried about LA traffic. But what gave me the confidence to do it was, number one, I did believe in, you know, my, my wife is my business partner and I believed in our, in our you know, ability to persevere, uh, which it took a lot of perseverance just to get that first deal. And then, you know, the, we had already proven the business model. We had done the first flip. We had made my annual salary. And we said, all right, well, if we have that in the bank and then we decided that she would continue to work for another year or two, so at least we had some income. And it was just, it was kind of like you said, like, well, all right, we had a safety net because we just, like I said, we just sold one and it went great. But then also, you know, we looked and said, well, what's the worst case scenario? 
the worst case scenario is we, I do this for another year. It doesn't work. I go back to my old job, right? And, you know, no harm done, nothing, nothing really lost. And so a lot of times what I found is, is, number one, going through this business, you should never get to the point where you have no fear. If you have no fear, that probably means you're overconfident and you're missing something. But courage is, courage is moving forward in the face of fear or despite the fear, right? And just not letting the fear control you. So yeah, I was still scared quitting my job. But I knew that it, when I sat down and wrote it on paper, the potential upside far outweighed the potential downside. And also, if you take the time to write it out, a lot of times the worst case scenario that you fear really isn't all that bad if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're truthful with yourself about it. So yeah, I was still scared about doing it. But yeah, like I said, if I, when I wrote it down, hey, we, we got, I just, just banked a year's salary. I've got a year's worth of runway to make this work. Uh, we didn't have kids yet. You know, my wife can still work, right? So again, what's the worst case scenario? Well, in a year, I got to go find another job. Um, so that, that's part of how we, you know, in the, like you said, in a calculated way, we're able to, was over, able to overcome that fear and make the jump. Yeah, I love that idea of really that ideology of going and really just with anything, right? I think any decision you're going to make is going, you know, what's the risk reward and really the worst case scenario. If you can go through, there was a book and I forget which the name of the book was, but it was ultimately going back to the ancient samurai, you know, Japanese warrior times. And they ultimately would take these samurais through mental training where they had to go through every worst case scenario in their head, their best friend or partner right next to them, getting their head chopped off or whatever the worst fears were, they already had gone through that in their mind so that when they actually were in the physical situations, if they ever did come up, they knew how they were going to handle them. Right. And if you were to go through that really in any decision-making tree of your life, whether it's an investment or leaving your job, taking a new career, whatever it may be, right? If you have gone through all of that in your own mind and figured out worst case scenario, if you can live with that or how you're going to respond to that, it gives you a little bit more, you know, latitude to make some of those decisions and bet on yourself and take those leaps of faith. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. uh, I'm, I'm concerned about this risk. All right. Let's say it were to happen. How would I maybe mitigate this? And just walk through all of that in advance and you're like, oh, okay, that's uh, actually not that bad. Um, you know, for, I'll give you an example. Is we, we have some properties on the Gulf Coast and people ask, oh, are you worried about hurricanes? No, because um, we, have, we have insurance for that. And two years ago, we had a property completely destroyed, well, 90% destroyed by Hurricane Michael. Uh, in three hours, we lost 90% of our units, gone. Wow. And 18 months later, it's rebuilt it's uh, the rents and the cash flow is way higher than it was before the storm. And yeah, it was a stressful 18 months, but financially it was a windfall. Um, and so you ask, you know, the thing that you, that you fear or that you're concerned about, is like, how can you mitigate that? Right. And with that example, it's proper insurance and some other things, but there's always, almost always a way to mitigate it. And if not, then, okay, maybe you, you do back away. Yeah, absolutely. And so as you kind of transitioned over to being a full-time real estate investor, and then you got into multifamily. This is a question that I know a lot of people have, right? Is when you're kind of that newbie and you're trying to break into a new space, there's right that, that little drunk monkey on, on the shoulder that's always telling you, who are you to break into this space? You don't have any experience. 
right? And, and when you get into some of these larger asset classes like multifamily, how did you break into that space and do it successfully? Knowing where you're, I know where you're at today and who you've been associated with and kind of who you've brought into your world. I'm curious what, you know, that first door you walk through looked like and how did you, you know, kind of leverage that into the path that you've been on? The first, the first apartment deal was because I was naive and the broker saw a sucker coming from a mile away. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean that's, that, that's how we got that deal. Uh, I did. I underestimated, you know, how difficult it was going to be going to be, you know, as a beginner to raise the money we needed for that. Um, I underestimated how difficult, man, you know, the rehab was and how difficult that would be to manage from the other side of the country. Uh, but we 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 did we did figure it out. But so getting started today, you know, if I if I was going to do it again right now, there's a handful of things that would be critical. One is go find mentors. And that doesn't necessarily mean someone that you got to pay 20 grand. A mentor is anybody that is at least one step ahead of you that you can learn from. And ideally, you're providing some value to them so that they want to bring you into their world, right? So if you own three single family rentals and you're looking to buy a 10 unit, go find someone who at a, at a real estate meetup who just bought a 10 unit or a 20 unit, right? They're, they're that one step ahead of you. Yeah, it's great to be mentored by the guy who's at 2,000 units, but candidly, the guy who just bought two of them is going to be that much closer to where you are and that much he's going to remember a lot more of what it's like to be in your shoes. So find mentors of all type, either just you know casual, uh, paid, formal, you know whatever. Uh, don't have limiting the beliefs of what a mentor can be. It's anybody you can learn from. That's number one. Two, figure out what your strengths are and what you really enjoy in the business. Do you enjoy uh, analyzing deals, looking at spreadsheets? Do you enjoy talking to the brokers? Do you enjoy going to dinners and meetups and trying to find investors, right? Whatever skills that you bring to the table, you do that and then partner with somebody who has the piece that maybe you're not as good at or just don't want to do, right? So maybe someone else is really good at raising money and has a huge network of investors. Well, you partner with them and you're good at deal analysis. And so you do that piece. Another, another benefit to having a partner and mentors is another set of eyes looking over your shoulders. I never would have done that first deal if I did not have my mentor to kind of look over it. He physically literally went and drove it and said, yeah, this is okay. And then looked at the numbers and said, yeah, I think it makes sense. So I, you know, I, I probably would not have had the confidence to go for it without that extra set of eyes. And so that, can, that extra set of eyes can be par- a mentor. It can be a partner. Um, there's, there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, so again, just, you know, really the, it's, it's, it's a team sport. Um, if, if there's anything I would do differently, um, I would have brought more people onto my team earlier mm. uh, than, than I did. And um, yeah, what did so, that look like? Who, who was on your team kind of in the beginning? And that might kind of tie into as well as like, how did you, you know, breaking into this space, find those mentors that kind of, you know, gave you that confidence to, you know, take those steps and swing for the fences? We were really fortunate uh, on, on the mentor piece because we had actually hired a guy to teach us the flipping business. And to be actually, and well, we, we kind of knew the business, but to be a coach so that we could, we could perform at a higher level. And when we decided that we wanted to go into multifamily, I literally just called him one day and said, Hey, uh, Daryl, do you know anybody who we could learn the apartment business from? And he's like, actually I do. And he connected us with a guy who had already done about 800 units 
And it, the timing was right because he's like, you know, I was actually just thinking about starting a, you know, a small mentorship program or something like that. And so we hired him and basically held our hand through the first year through that first deal. And then what happens, we actually, we worked so well together that we ended up partnering on the next two deals. Nice. And we're, I think we've done six deals together as equal partners since then. Um, so that's how, that's how, you know, I found, found the mentor and, and got started um, just kind of just by asking and getting referral. But like I said, there's, we, I already kind of mentioned there's lots of different ways to, to do that. Yeah, you know, that's a really great point because I think a lot of people think they have to do this and, you know, know everything by themselves and wear every cap. And especially in, we'll just use it in the context of the multifamily world, right? Is, you know, you can partner up with people and it's okay owning a slice of a watermelon. It's actually better to own a slice of a watermelon than 100% of a grape or 100% of nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that those partners in the beginning can give you the permission to take the risk that you may not know what you don't know about and fill in a lot of those gaps, right? And then obviously, not only did you learn from him over the time and he was your mentor, but as you do more and more of those deals and you get more repetition, then you actually become peers, right? Where you know, you're becoming an asset to him and there's this real beneficial mutual win. And should you want to continue to partner? Great. If not, right, you spun off and you started doing all of your own things. But I think too many people get caught up in the short term of how much do I get now versus what is the lifetime value of this opportunity, whether it's learning, whether it's tapping into his network or having some of his relationships or resources available to you. Right. So, guys, don't get short sighted, whatever space you're trying to break into, finding a way to partner with somebody and giving them maybe even more than you want to give them just to be able to get in the arena. Right. It's like sitting down to a chessboard and going, All right, well, maybe I don't know every piece and how it moves and all the different strategies and how I really win this game at the highest of levels. And you're playing against somebody else on the other side who's a seasoned pro. But just by sitting down at the chessboard, you're going to get a significant amount of value, which in turn, as you play more of those games, right, you play five, 10, 15, 20 chess games. Well, you're going to connect the dots over time, right? And so, that's ultimately where I see a lot of people, they almost get kind of greedy and they, you know, they shoot themselves in the foot before they even get started. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would say not a whole lot of good things came out of the middle ages, but one good thing that we've lost is the idea of the apprenticeship, Mm. right? Where you go and work under someone often for free to learn a trade or a business. And that is probably the best way to break into any of these type of businesses. Uh, and you're not working for free. You're working for an education, right? If you go, if you were to go to a college and borrow $100,000 to spend four years getting an education, now you come out, you're $100,000 in debt. Okay, so you go to, go to work for someone for free for a year or whatever the time period is. You come out of that, you are not in debt, and now you have the knowledge to start whatever business that you're that you're looking to start or get into. Which, and of course, in our case, is real estate. Um, but uh, so yeah, so don't look at you know that's that's another way too. It's it not it really isn't work for free. It's work for knowledge and experience. Yeah, yeah. That that free word kind of throws people off, right? But I know some of the most successful people, at least that I've been around, they were in someone's world and grinding away for them, usually 
for free or for very discounted rates yep. <laughs> just to get that proximity to deals, to opportunities. You grow into the conversations, the relationships, the environments you're around, right? So be very selective with those things. And I know that you are very particular in who you spend your time with and who you engage with and what activities you do and what activities you don't do. What led you into this you know, mastermind world? How did you fall into actually meeting GoBundance? I don't even know if I've ever heard the story of how you actually ended up getting connected because you were, you know, I think I was like member, I don't even know how many, we're at 300 plus members now in, in the, the group worldwide. And you were like, what, number 10 or nine or I don't even know. Uh, you were... I was number number two. <laughs> number two, <laughs> so, there you go, all right. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. So is I've always historically... Um, kind of poo-pooed the whole mastermind thing. Like when I was in college, I was very anti-fraternity and all that. I'm like, you know, you know, join a join a frat, rent a friend, right? I mean, where I, <laughs> I mean, that was I, I went to A and M and they had T-shirts that you. I did. I never got one, but they had, you know, because I'm like, I don't need to be mean about it. But they they had T-shirts that people would wear. That right. Said that. So what happened is our mutual friend Tim Road, uh, way back before GoBundance started. He came to me and he had been he he had been one of my mentors and and ski buddies and he said hey look um, we're doing this thing where we're you know um, a small group of us is going to meet at you know David's house in Steamboat we're going to spend a few days masterminding and and doing all this stuff and skiing and all that and he goes and, and I I think it'd be good for you to come and um, I'm like well there's no way I'm turning down that invitation yeah I'm I'm there I'm like I don't know if I belong but I'll I'm coming right. And um, that meeting ended up being the the start of GoBundance, and which, of course, like you said, now is you know 307 members, and it's 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 really it's grown and developed, and it's an awesome mastermind. Anyone who can get in, I highly recommend it. And if you can't quite qualify yet, go look at their their Emerge program. But I would not be anywhere near as far along as I am. Um, without abundance. Um Agreed. it's not necess- yeah, it's not necessarily it's not real estate training or you know it, it's 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 about the your whole life, the big picture. And for me, it's connections with other people, and then it's helped me expand um, my mindset and be more open to different types of opportunities. Um, you know, I definitely have easily fall prey to getting into kind of a mental rut, a certain way of thinking, a certain way of doing things. And being around that group of people has really helped me to not do that and to be open to and available to, to, to new opportunities and connections and people. And that applies, that definitely applies to real estate, but it applies to, to the rest of life as well. Yeah, I agree with that so much. I call, and this is just kind of a random you know, classification of certain people, but there's certain people that I call cul-de-sac relationships where they're just going to be safe and you can stay in your little cul-de-sac and they'll be great, right? They don't, doesn't mean they're bad relationships, but then there's the people that are the true expanders and exponential compounding relationships. When you get around, you know, one plus one and those relationships don't equal two, right? These are yeah. people that take you to 10, a hundred X of what you're thinking, what you're doing. They really challenge you, inspire you. And if you guys don't know what GoBundance is, you're like, what the hell is this group? They say it is a um, tribe of healthy, wealthy, and generous uh, men who choose to lead epic lives. They also, for our ladies out there, have um, the GoBundance Women's Tribe as well now. Um, but it is really that whole life millionaire approach where it's great to right have a bunch of zeros and you know commas in your bank account and build wealth. But 
if you're bankrupt in, you know, your relationship with your wife or with your kids, with your own health, with giving back to other people, you know, living life, having bucket list adventures. I mean, it is this all encompassing, all inclusive approach to life. Um, for me, I mean, I joined the group when I was, I think I met you when I was 25. And I mean, it's changed the way I'm a father and how I mm-hmm. treat my wife and how I run my business and how much money I have in my bank account. I mean, it has been a true life-changing group and community, whether it's Go Abundance or, you know, another tribe or another community that you're a part of, getting in and around those types of individuals who are of like-mindedness, not necessarily the same, but like-mindedness, right? Always challenging themselves, always trying to raise the bar, always trying to climb a new mountain, right? But also trying to keep your feet on the ground and stay humble and, right, stay grounded and stay connected to your core values and even a lot of people don't know what their core values are, right? Like that group actually helped me define who I am and what I stand for. So um, very powerful stuff there. And I think just a lot of people, it almost feels like cliche to a lot of people, right? I, at least for me, I grew up and it was like, that stuff's BS, man. Like that's, you know, that's crap, right? No, you want me to pay a bunch of money to be a part of that and be around those people? No way. That's, you know, that's a waste of my time and money, right? But once you get inside those arenas and you see and feel that growth, and then it starts to show up in all those other areas of your life, you realize those investments really are priceless. Indeed, they are. They that are. Was, yeah. Well, that was a mental change I had to go through as well. Yeah, I think it is for, and that's part of the journey of not just going through life, but growing through life and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And as you have you know, started to build and amass and accumulate more wealth, how do you how do you keep pushing and striving for new levels? What, what keeps you from being complacent? Well, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting thought. Um, well, number one, uh, not to overdo it on abundance, but you know, being surrounded with other people that are doing that, um, and helping me see, you know, I can tell you one limiting belief that I had until a few years ago was that in my mind, doing more or going bigger that, meant more work, right? Mm. I had to work harder and that's not true. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, This is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst, 
50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. You work different, you build systems, you bring people on, you do those kind of things. And so seeing that, well, hey, you know, I can actually work the same or less and do more and have a bigger impact, um, you know, that's, that, that's exciting, that's fun. Um, and then also just, you know, building a business gives, gives you more freedom of time, um, more freedom to uh, be able to do things with people, to help people out, uh, to fill needs uh, when they come up and, uh, you know, live a life of abundance. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was funny. I was, I, I think a big part of, you know, really pushing yourself to bigger goals and thinking bigger and taking bigger actions. And like you said, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, bigger isn't always better, right? That just means more work and more problems. And it doesn't have to be that. And I was talking with a friend, he's doing a rock quarry development. And it is once really fully entitled and um, kind of developed out, it'll be, it'll be legacy type of money for him. Like Tykert um, is going to offer him, you know, already $100 million for it. And he has been slacking on moving the needle forward on this development timeline and doing all of these quote unquote big things that he's somewhat intimidated by. And I think for anybody that you know, is wants a big lifestyle, wants big goals, wants big impact, but doesn't have a a true and a clear emotional um, foundation as to why you're doing that. It's going to be really hard to motivate and inspire you to keep pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Every time you hit those walls, right? It can be very easy to just bounce off and go, ah, you know what? Maybe I don't need that. I'm, I'm okay right here. But when you really start connecting to, oh my gosh, that kind of money, not only can I change my family's life, but I want to go into ministry and give that away to charities. And I want to go away and build houses, you know, in communities and clean water for people and whatever it is that gets you really fired up and excited. That's what you have to stay connected to. At least for myself, I know that, you know, and you can't see it here. Actually, I got it on. I've got, you know, this little four by six of my vision board. I've got my vision board on a 24 by 36 up on my wall framed. I've got one on my mirror in um, my bathroom. I've got one in my gym bag. I've got it on my lock screen. (laughs) And for me, it's staying in proximity to the things that emotionally get me fired up. And that's how I continue to try and, hey, if a wall gets put up, that why, that emotion behind what I'm doing, right, is what keeps me running through those walls or finding a way around those walls. And so it's very easy, right, to get complacent when, especially when you hit certain levels and thresholds of, you know, life. And therefore, I see a lot of people that maybe have a lot of money and are just chilling and kicking back. But then I also see the people that have tons of money, and it's really not the money that they keeps driving them to challenge themselves and go further. The elite performers are the people that oftentimes have this deep-rooted why that has nothing to do with money that has them going to the ends of the earth to achieve it. And once they figure out what that is, right, then they move to the next one. So it's just always interesting to me to see the psychology around why do people keep pushing? What do they keep striving for? And and why are they doing that? Um, And when you find, at least from what I've found, is most of them have this this really connected why to what keeps them getting up out of bed every day. 
Yeah, and the and often in those cases, the money is more of a of a byproduct. Yep. Right. It, it comes by by persevering and and doing something really really well and succeeding in it and continuing on and and, and you know and doing it at a higher level. So. Yeah. On your wealth journey, what would you say is some of the most you know for those that are probably got some decent money in the bank or maybe you're starting to make some money and you know, to really start to accelerate and compound, you know, see that hockey stick and, and some real momentum building behind your, your financial gains and your career. What would you say has been either one or two of the most valuable skill sets that maybe you didn't have right away, but you knew you needed to master, keep sharpening the saw on? Well, I mean, one that I didn't have, right? I, I say I have three things come to mind. But to answer your question directly, one that I didn't have and that I learned through, you know, hanging around, spending time around other successful people was bringing on additional team members, right? Mm. So I talked about the mentors, but what I should have done earlier was, you know, now we did bring on like an office manager type person about seven years ago, but I waited way too long to bring in additional people. So now we have to other people to help with acquisitions and asset management. And we have, you know, we have a core team and that is, so that is a skill that took me way too long to learn um, of how to get all this, you know, the entire business is more or less in my head or was, and it took me too long to say, I need to get this out of my head, get it into a procedure and system that other people can follow and do and, and, and thrive on and, and bring more people in. So that's a skill that I've recently developed and I'm still working on and did not have in the beginning. As far as, you know, I would say really valuable from the beginning was number one, um, relentless persistence. So what I didn't say as far as getting that first flip opportunity is remember, I was a chemical engineer. I wasn't the best guy on the phone, right? <laughs> and what we were doing is I, I was call, cold calling people who were in pre-foreclosure and saying, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Knowing that maybe one out of 100 is going to need to sell me the house, right? And most of them will just help them out and they keep the house or whatever. So you know, I'd make a phone call and my wife would be sitting there listening and I'd hang up and she'd be like, okay, honey, that was good. But on the next one, you know, maybe don't say that or say this or whatever. So it took me six months and 4,576 phone calls to get that first flip deal, right? So the one of my most valuable skills is I do not give up. When I know something works and that I believe that we can make it work, I'm not going to quit, right? Now, the time to quit is when you realize something doesn't work or it's just not for you. Yep. But when you know it can work, that's where the relentless persistence comes in. Um, and then the second is having the, the long-term, and you kind of alluded to this, but having the long-term big picture outlook, right? So when I'm syndicating an apartment complex and let's say we close tomorrow, yes, we get an acquisition fee and stuff like that, but that more or less just kind of pays the bills, the real wealth is five, six, seven, ten years down the road um, when we've owned it for a while and we go to sell it or refinance it or recapitalize it. So having that long-term outlook of, okay, yeah, I need to pay the bills now, but I don't necessarily, I'm laying the foundation for future wealth. I'm not trying to just, uh, uh, you know, get it all right now, um, yeah. but having kind of that, that big picture and balancing it out. That crockpot money versus the microwave mindset, right? 
Yeah, because you know when you're when you're starting out or doing your first deal or even your seventh deal, it's hard to think, oh, five years from now I'm going to make X. But you know what? That five years is going to pass no matter what, whether you set whether you whether you set yourself up to benefit or not. And when you get to the end of that five years, and it's going to go faster than you think it will, you're going to be glad that your past self five years ago did that deal or invested that money or set things up. So now it's there. Yeah. Only an engineer, I just had to point this out, only an engineer would know that it was 4,576 phone calls it took him to get to that first deal. But that is also a really great point. There was two things that I thought you were going to say that you didn't was one, tracking your numbers and and just metrics and data, right? And knowing how that's probably second nature for you. But for a lot of people, right, they, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so, you know, well, why did that work? Or why did we get 30 deals? Or why did we get, you know, how many phone calls did it take us to get one, right? If you want to scale, you talked about systematizing and then delegating. If you don't want to be the one that's doing those things forever, and you're going to end, eventually want to fire yourself, which our mentor, David Osborne says, right, is you always want to find your path to firing yourself as quickly as possible. I do, we do, they do, right? The only way you can do that is through systematizing and documenting these things. And I always tell people as as you're building your business, build it in a way, whether you want to do this or not, build it in a way that it can become sellable. How can become sellable? Well, you have systematized processes that people can follow and it generates you certain amounts of data, results, things that you know can be repeatable and scalable moving forward. So it all starts with the systems, then you plug in the people. And then obviously, as you gather more and more data going through those years of production, right? Now you start to have a predictable business outcome that you can then slap a value on or a multiple on. And so I think a lot of people never go into creating a business with that in mind. Build a sellable business from day one. Whether you want to stay in that business forever or not, doesn't really matter. But that's how you run a business and treat a business and build a business like a business, right? The second piece that I know this is second nature for you, and this was a big challenge for me, and this is something that you've always inspired me on, and you're so good at it as it is, is really understanding financial modeling of, we'll just say in multifamily specifically, but real estate in general, you have to understand numbers and challenge yourself to at least get comfortable enough to be able to read a P&L and understand a balance sheet and financially model out a pro forma because at the end of the day, that's the difference between being successful and profitable and making a bad investment and not, right? And I know that you are someone that, you know, that's just kind of second nature for you. But I think for a lot of people, I remember when David Osborne, we were hiking Machu Picchu and he was like, dude, you don't know your numbers. Like you need to get better (laughs) at knowing your numbers. And it kind of like, it hurt my feelings and it cut deep. But at the same time, the truth is what will set you free. And if somebody says something that triggers you, right, it's probably something that is true. And you should really take a long look in the mirror at and challenge yourself. If you really want to be that successful, I'm not attached to necessarily what is, you know, the the truth. I'm more attached to the result and the outcome and who I need to become in order to get that, right? So if somebody tells me you need to work on this or you suck at that, right? If it's something I can delegate, sure, I'll delegate. But when it comes to like really building wealth, building a successful business, this is just something that I prescribe to now is like, 
you have to understand numbers. You have to understand them at least at a high enough level to be dangerous, right? If you want to hire a financial modeler as good as Andrew is, or you know somebody else that you bring into your organization, then that's that's fine. But you still need to understand something that is really the lifeblood of your business because nobody's going to care more about your revenue or your personal wealth and the growth of it and the protection of it more than you are, right? Right. And, you know, some people say, oh, you know, I don't really, I don't have an understanding to begin with or, you know, oh, that's difficult for me. Okay, that well, very well might be true. But the cure for that is whether you're looking to get a single family rental or buy a 20 unit or a 200 unit, just look at a thousand deals, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll get to, if you look, you know, the, what, what's the best way to find an awesome deal? Well, look at 300 bad ones, right? You, you'll just get to a point where with repetition, the, hey, wait, this, this number here, the, this the utility, different. yeah, the utilities on this one look like they're off. Something's, something fishy is going here or, or, you know, that, that 300th property is going to hit your inbox and you're like, whoa, wait, this actually looks really good. Right. And so you don't have to be a, you know, a math wizard or, or whatever. It's just, it's rep, familiarity through repetition. And then, cause even if you do go out and bring on or hire that that wizard at spreadsheets or raising money or whatever, at the end of the day, it's still your face and your reputation on your business. So you need to at least know enough to oversee them and and guide them and and make a decision. And not you there's a difference between delegation and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Abrogation, where you just you basically just you you like you abrogate a throne, right? Where you're yeah. like, ah, I'm just going to leave. I'm, I'm going to. I'm supposed to be ruling the country, but I'm just going to go disappear into the wilderness for you know six months and you just leave everyone to figure it out. So there's delegating which you want to do, but you need to you need to have an understanding and be able to oversee and guide and lead. And so yeah, it just. It, but the way to do it is just repetition. Look look at look at the you know look at P&Ls or, or yep. whatever it is that you're not familiar with, just look at them over and over and over again. I would just say, you know, every time I go through some form of repetition, it's like putting a data, you know, point up on the board. And over time, when you put enough data points up on a board, you're going to have the full picture. It just takes time, right? And that's where people get impatient and they really don't commit to the process. You know whether or not you're committing to the process there's a difference between being interested and a difference between being committed, right? Do you that I'm really that is I'm really glad you brought that up because that that is again going back to the relentless persistence. That's why you and I are talking here today because when my wife and I said, "Okay, we're going to do this flipping thing," we made a commitment and we said, "We will do this until we get one deal." Once we get one deal, if we don't like it, then we can quit. And that's not failure because we did it and we decided mm-hmm. this is not for us. That's success. But we committed to doing it until we got at least one deal. And then once we got that one deal, it led to you know where we are today. So yeah, it was that commitment to, to following through. I love that because there are a lot of people who say they want it, but they're really not committed to doing what is necessary, right? The first time you know, someone punches them in the mouth or they trip and skin their <laughs> knee, right? All of a sudden they're, they're running backwards. And that's just not what, at least from what I've seen and what I've experienced, the most successful people in the world is they are gluttons for punishment. And they know mentally that that pain is all part of the path that 
is going to create the progress and the opportunity for them to unlock those new levels. And, and really what you learn about yourself in the process, yeah, you're going to get some of those physical wins in your life, right? Whether it's financially or new job opportunities or cool new relationships, but even cooler, at least in my opinion, is like when you start unlocking levels in your brain of what you're capable of, it starts to weaponize you in ways outside of, let's just say, your business or your wealth building vertical. It starts weaponizing you and making you more dangerous and really just equipping you in all areas of your life to carry over, whether it's, you know, something with your health or a family member or, you know, in a relationship or whatever it may be you now realize that you are capable of getting through whatever it is because you just continue to push through those moments that you really just want to fold up, you know, and crawl, crawl in a ball, right? I know we've all had those moments where, oh, yeah. I mean, you're up in your brain going to war with yourself. And when you win those battles, that's when you come out an even stronger warrior that next time you get in one of them, you're a little bit more dangerous to navigate that, that territory because it can be challenging. Yep. So with that being said... Um, I know a lot of people are, um, you know, going to be interested in learning maybe a little bit more about real estate investing. They're going to be interested in, um, you know, some of your deals. One of the things that I always tell people is there's a lot of ways to make money in the world. Um, there's not too many ways to make it 100% passive. Um, but one way you can make passive investments and great returns is through real estate syndications. And Andrew happens to be, and I don't endorse anybody. I do some syndications myself. Andrew's one of the best syndicators I've ever met in the country. Um, and particularly in multifamily real estate, he doesn't do multiple product classes, right? He's focused on multifamily real estate only. And there's a lot of people who can sell a good, you know, pro forma and a piece of paper, but to actually execute on the plan and to have a world-class team, uh, be able to do that and capture and actualize and realize what is on that piece of paper is, it's few and far between. I'll just say that. And so um, knowing more about some of the deals and the amazing opportunities that you guys are always coming across and what you're up to, you know, what are some of the ways that people can learn more about you guys or get more involved in multifamily real estate or where should they start? Um, what are some places that you might send them? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned it. There's a big difference between uh, financial engineering on a spreadsheet and, and real-world execution. Yes. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, the best way to, to connect, with, connect with me and, and learn about our world or what we're doing is, uh, I mean, if you Google Vantage Point Acquisitions, uh, we're the top result, but the website is just vpacq.com. And there's uh, tabs on there. Uh, for, you know, just for, for contacting us, um, for looking into becoming investor for our mastermind. And that's really, I mean, I'm on all the socials, the bigger pockets, the LinkedIn, Instagram, all that stuff, but to, to really connect and start a conversation, just go into our website and looking at the various, you know, venues on there to get connected is probably the best way. Yeah. And we'll link all that up in the show notes, guys. So you can head over to millionairemindcast.com and, and check all that out. Um, Andrew, and this is for more of our seasoned, I would say, you know, either accredited investors or seasoned real estate investors, multifamily investors, syndicators. Um, if you really want to get connected to a high level network, a GoBundant style type of group, but specifically for multifamily, um, I'd recommend just a, a little friendly plug for you, brother, just because I, I believe in what you guys do and I know what kind of results you help people get and just the players that are in that, that circle. The multifamily accelerator, just tell us a quick, you know, quick blurb on what that is all about. 
Yeah, that's something we started this year after being asked many, many, many times uh, to do something. And so basically what it is, is there's lots of opportunity and information out there for people looking to get started, right? Bigger pockets or just, you know, all kinds of programs and courses for how to get started in real estate. And so what we said is like, we're going to form a, a GoBundance style community. And it is very much modeled after GoBundance with the exception of GoBundance is more life-focused and we are focused on multifamily. And so what we did is we set up for people who have at least a minimum amount of experience, but want to scale or grow bigger, right? So someone who uh, I mean, maybe has already bought two or three rental properties, single family, and wants to get into multifamily and buy a 10 unit, or maybe they have a couple of 10 and 20 units, and now they want to buy a 50 unit. And so we formed a, a mastermind group where not only do we share um, all of our experience and systems and procedures and what we do, but it's the, the real wealth is in the group, right? The 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 because you know, everybody has we've got people from across the country. And everyone has different experiences. Every, at any given time, there's always a handful of people who are in the middle of doing real deals. And if you know, you're doing a deal in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, you're like, hey, does anyone have a good appraiser they can recommend? Well, usually there's a couple of people, oh, yeah, 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 here's a guy I've used. He's great. He'll get it done real quick. Or, hey, you know, um, do one of you guys want to partner with me on this 20-unit in Toledo, you know, Ohio? Um, and then just, you know, again, sharing. And then also what you find is the more... For most people, the more you grow into your business, and especially the real estate investing business, and the more successful you are, the harder it is to share with those around you, right? Um, I mean, just think if you went and bought a, a million-dollar rental property, there's a, not everybody is going to be excited for you if you go tell them, right? If you tell everyone at your neighbor, all your neighbors or your church or wherever, hey, I just bought a million-dollar property, a lot of them are just going to get envious. Um, and so... It creates an environment where we can celebrate each other's wins and and build each other up and encourage each other because it can it can become kind of a lonely business, especially during the, the during the dry periods in between deals or when it gets difficult or you have a fire or a lawsuit or you know whatever happens. So it's a community to to grow, to scale, to learn, to support each other, and to help uh, to help keep each other accountable and then to be able to maintain that relentless persistence and by having a, you know, a tribe and a group to, to, to be a support. Yeah. And I think I'll wrap up on this and I appreciate you sharing that. We'll link that up as well. Um, you know, a lot of people say it's lonely at the top. And what I found is it's really actually not lonely. You just have to find the right circles to hang out in, right? Yes. It's really not that lonely. It's just if you become that successful person in your normal group and you don't you know, seek out and surround other people because there's always somebody doing more and somebody a little bit further down the road than you, right? It's your job and your responsibility to keep growing your own network and keep expanding your own circles of influence, but it doesn't have to be lonely, right? So that's why I love masterminds. That's why I love GoBundance. That's why I love the multifamily accelerator. That's why I love, right, being a part of other networks and communities where you're always going to find somebody who's going to make you feel like a much smaller fish when you're hanging around those types of individuals versus, you know, just staying complacent, being around the same people over and over again. So make sure that you're always trying to find new groups that make you feel uncomfortable. You know, this last year, I've been working with institutional hedge funds and sovereign wealth funds, and I feel really uncomfortable because <laughs> yeah. I am a small fish in a very, 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 actually small pond with massive sharks in it, right? 
but that's also forcing me to grow. And it's exciting because those are those times when you feel alive and you know that you're somewhat, I don't want to like the word inferior, right? But you're just a little bit further behind, whether it's in knowledge or maybe experience. If you have this humility about yourself, as well as this confidence that you can go and figure it out and you can find a way by being around those people to pick and pull some of the things that they're going to naturally just give you. And by being in that kind of wake or having that ripple effect, by being around those individuals or in those circles, there's no way if you're consistent and like Andrew said, persistent, that you're going to grow into those relationships and into those opportunities. So as always, bro, it's always fun hanging out with you, man, having great conversations. You know, I'm excited to hear all the amazing things that you're up to. And um, I'm excited to see you get this big boy deal, uh, your $50 million one across the finish line. And um, with that being said, guys, if you want more information, we'll link all that up in the show notes and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. All right. Good talking with you, man. Hopefully we'll ski soon. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to therichlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info, and how you can connect with us live in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always want to know, who do you guys want to hear me interview next? Let me know. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.